This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You are listening to Over and Back's Basketball Mysteries of the 1970s. Today's mystery is Who Made the Dunk Rise? Jason with me as usual is Rich and we are going to talk about the a little bit of the evolution of the slam dunk and he and so what, what do we got about the slam dunk Rich yes yeah, so, so a bunch of stuff here we'll, we'll start out you know we'll, we'll get to the 70s here because that's really when the dunk rise you know had its real rise to prominence but uh, we'll go with a little bit of history to kind of get you caught up uh, most astute listeners of the show know probably during the 40s 50s and 60s dunks you know it wasn't like they didn't happen they happened they happened but uh, the execution of the slam dunk was kind of seen as a perf- uh, you know personal affront you was seen as showboaty as as really kind of sticking it to their team and, and, and being a show off uh, Boston Celtic uh, Satch Sanders had a quote uh, that I found uh, in the old days, defenders would run under you when you were in the air trying to take people out of games so they couldn't play. It was an unwritten rule. So obviously dunks, uh, they were not as uh, happy to have those happen, uh, of course. But there were quite a few guys that still kind of put them into their game and, and really kind of popularized them before uh, they exploded in the 70s. Uh, Will, of course, is a huge proponent of the dunk. Uh, easiest way for him to score. Uh, and he was just so good at it uh, as well. Um there's a quote I found from uh, Elvin Hayes in a November uh, 1968 Sports Illustrated. He says uh, that dunk shot of Wilts, which, by the way, it was always called a dunk shot until uh, Chick Hearn, uh, of course, a br- uh, Lakers uh, famous broadcaster, is the guy who first popularized the slam dunk, which we know as. But it, it, by, uh, you know, really until he kind of popularized it. And even then he was said slam dunk for a while before people really caught on. But it was called the dunk shot for for many, many years. So if you hear us say that that is why it was actually called uh, the dunk shot. But that uh, that dunk shot of Wilt, it's inhuman. Not a man in the world can stop that. And I'd sure hate to be the one that had to try. One time I was under the basket when he dunked a shot. The force was unbelievable. Unreal. I remember Nate Thurman telling me he said, Elvin, don't go in there and get yourself hurt. So that's so one of the first smaller dunkers and, and, and smaller is obviously a relative ter- term here because, you know, he was six, five and probably two twenty or so. Uh, Elgin Baylor was one of the first uh, better uh, smaller dunkers. I mean, he obviously had just that incredible athleticism, that, that incredible craft. Um, you know, really a, a guy who could not just get above the rim, but actually live above the rim as a uh, as a scorer. Um, and uh, Bob Cousy had a great uh, quote that, that that said it pretty well. Elgin was the first one that I remember that could hang up there for 15 seconds, have some lunch and a cup of coffee. And, you know, really a forerunner for a lot of the great that this new generation of dunkers that are really going to take over the game in the 70s. He's the guy who really inspires them because he's, uh, you know, the, the first player on a national level to really demonstrate the, just those those incredible moves. Right. It's not a guy who's, you know, seven foot and just kind of dropping it into the, the hoop as well. He's a guy who's driving the lane and kind of rising up over guys. You know, he he's really one of the first ones we talk about. That's just not this hulking big man that just kind of turns around and throws it down. But a guy who really is is cutting the lane more so what we'd fi- we'd see then and, and really think of as dunking uh, through the rest of history. Because right now, I, I you know, me, I personally I don't. I always I always envision dunks as being kind of the, the you know, not not your seven footers. You're, you know, yeah, of course, it's, it, it's cool when, you know, guys like a Shaq and DeAndre. But I really 
really love like you know a Vince Carter a guy that just shows like a veracity and really just kind of drives the lane and, and rises up from there you know Russell Westbrook type those kind of guys who I always kind of look at when I mean, Elgin is probably the first guy of that that we really look at so it's a uh, it's cool there uh Connie Hawkins he's probably the next guy that you would say put his mark on the shot uh because he you, you know sort of expanded on what Elgin did and added an additional violence and flair uh to the dunks that had not been seen before because he just was you know Elgin w- was going over guys and going through the lanes or whatever but Connie was really just kind of doing it with a lot more violence yeah uh and a lot more just kind of showmanship and flair or whatever than you know Elgin really was it was kind of people starting to get comfortable going hey you know I can do this dunk thing and guys aren't gonna you know hate me or take me out or whatever and, and and connie was really one of the first guys that really really expanded upon that uh and made it kind of an art form and it was kind of his one of his signature shots really yeah absolutely and, and he um you had those first those large hands like julius Irving, you know would later it, it, so he had an extra ability to hold on to the ball and to um approach from different angles and 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 to hold on to a ball that other guys couldn't hold on to in his situations obviously affecting how he could dunk and expanding his arsenal and and he was was blackballed from the NBA unfairly so he was you know, developing his game playing you know in AAU leagues playing in playgrounds playing in environments where you know he was you know even better than than most of the players and he was playing mm-hmm. than he would have been in the NBA and um and also you know a situation where he probably had more room to be creative and and more room to uh you kind of do what he wanted yeah and we'll move uh, you know this is not NBA or whatever, but uh, it's it's worth noting as well that a, a young Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, when he began playing at UCL, uh, UCLA uh, in 1967, that the NCAA instituted a rule, uh, became known as the Lou Alcindor rule, that forbid any player from dunking the basketball in a game. So they got out ahead of this Kareem thing and said, nope, you can't do it, you can't do it. Uh, so it was kind of funny, though. That's 1967. We talk about, you know, in the 70s, this huge revolution from the ABA. Um, that really was a big part. I mean, there was, of course, dunking in the NBA, and we'll, we'll talk about a few guys that kind of started that. But really, it was the ABA that, I don't want, I don't want to say encouraged it, but the wide-open nature of the game, uh, the, the league's desire to be kind of an entertainment league versus the NBA. You know, the NBA was that stuck-up league. The NCAA was kind of stuck-up as well. But we're, we're flash and flare where that guys dress how they want, they can play how they want. There was just a, it just lent itself perfectly to the ABA being that. And the ABA was a lot more of a wide-open game. Uh, there was a bigger talent. Dispers- uh, disparity so it, it just made sense the ABA would be this place where it would kind of go nuts and, and reach that next level uh, we see quite a few innovators from uh, the ABA as well uh, the helicopter who is one that's mentioned uh, in a story in Loose Balls uh, I'll go up, I'll give a story here real quick again this is from Terry Pluto's great book uh, Loose Balls on the ABA it says the helicopter went up for a slam and just tore the rim right off I mean you'd have to think the whole arena was coming down he had a powerful one-handed tomahawk slam it was really a sight the first time it happened yes I said the first time was late in the first half and they held up the game for an hour but eventually found another rim and a backboard but in the second half the same damn thing happened again helicopter went up for a dunk and i said to myself oh no not again sure enough he broke another backboard now i <laughs> now i knew we were in real trouble where are we going to find another backboard it was about 11 at night uh the cougars gm called Shearer, wanted to call off the game and then replay it with a big promotion broken backboard night or some such thing the most aba thing ever would be <laughs> running it back as a broken backboard game uh jack and man was coaching pittsburgh and he said he didn't care if they had to wait until 3 a.m we were going to finish the game uh they brought in a wooden backboard from a local high school and we did finish probably about 3 a.m i had worked in the nba since 1960 and i had never seen one backboard smashed and the helicopter did it twice in one night it's a helicopter is charlie hence by the way for yes um, yeah sorry yes um and he's not an n1 mixtape player he actually has a real name right so. yes so he um yeah that, that, that's not much else to his career but uh he nope. yeah he played 57 games for the um for the the condors they they, they changed the name by then so um 
so, so there you go um charlie hands the helicopter yeah they, 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 i had never i had kind of forgotten that story on the first read of loose balls and you'd always thought of of course of Darren dawkins as being the guy who did that but you know but helicopter did it first so and i know uh, i think in loose balls as well they, they mentioned that charlie williams his teammate says the helicopter just stood there smiling like he knew goddamn well what he was doing yes. but he just didn't care like you know yes. you could do it and then they uh, a bunch of articles i was reading as well talked about that one of the big things that probably led to more dunking going on in you know kind of the mid to late 70s which we'll talk about innovators here in a little bit is that they finally said okay these guys are gonna these guys we can't we have to stop these guys from breaking the damn backboards uh so some leagues you know little by little were starting to institute kind of the breakaway rim uh and it was a really interesting story i, I don't have a link for it but i'll see if i can find it and put it in the show description uh but the guy that commissioned like knew nothing about basketball he only they, they basically said hey every time people dunk the backboard breaks so fix that and he, he found a way to do it and said that like he only watched dunks he only cared about dunks he only looked at dunks because that's all he he didn't know really care to know about basketball at all because i think there was things where like guys would throw you know you know a bad shot and it would hit the front of the rim and sometimes the backward would break so it just became a constant problem for the leagues and uh this uh, a really interesting story i'll see if i can find it uh and link it in the show description as well yeah and um so you know some of the other guys who were real you know innovators um during the 70s um Gus Johnson, another guy who was known for breaking back forth on his jump and just had uh, I- incredible power and ferocity on his dunk. I mean, I, maybe maybe like a little bit of an, like an early like Sean Kemp or you know, even Blake Griffin to a certain extent, as far as just kind of like the, the 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 compact strength that he had in those dunks. I, I think that might be a fairly good comparison. Yeah, uh, David Thompson, who was a, you know kind of a a, a proto Michael Jordan, um, a guy who really inspired Jordan's game and, and the way that he played later not just in dunking but sort of in everything else but um jordan says the whole term and the whole measuring of vertical leap began with david thompson he vaulted off the ground exploded off the ground and and, and people when he came into the aba in 76 where it was very much a feeling of you know this is dr j in a guard's body i mean that was basically you know kind of what he did only he was a better shooter um and obviously a little bit smaller but 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 could you know had that potential to be that player and, and his career didn't work out that way but so still for a few years was just an incredible all-around player and especially an incredible dunker yeah and then uh darnell dr dunk hillman when your name is dr dunk you are a dunk innovator so uh, he was the indiana pacer uh known for his stylized dunks and of course his oversized afro uh nice little tidbit here uh at the 1997 aba reunion hillman won the very coveted biggest aba afro award which i believe was voted on by the play i I don't know who the hell it voted on but it was apparently a very big deal of who won the biggest afro and he was very happy to uh have won that uh afro as well uh, or that afro award as well dr j talks about in his book about uh he and hillman trade afro tips uh you know of, of uh you know, they, they they shared some some tidbits with each other so that, that was i nice. really wondered i i could not find anything even though i tried uh very desperately to see if they actually made like a a, a trophy for it i could not find oh, it. okay so because uh, it would have been an easy trophy to make true. like yeah. I, I, yeah but you know uh, i i as far as i know they uh they did not but i we can maybe contact uh Darnell Hillman, I believe. Right. He's still alive. Yeah, he works for the Pacers, actually. So. Yeah, he's in community. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, okay, cool. We'll call him. Um, he'll, of course, want to come on here. It's, it'd be an honor for him I'm to sure yes. <laughs> come on to over and back podcast. Yeah. His favorite NBA history podcast and tell us if they uh, actually gave him an award. So, yeah. I have to dig up and see if he's got an email address somewhere. It's it's we've had surprisingly good response when we just email random people questions. That's so true. maybe you know, maybe we can get lucky here again. But uh, the dunk really arrived on center stage. Uh, it was 1976 when the ABA hosted the very first slam dunk contest. Uh, here's uh, from Remember the ABA. This is Jim Bakuda, uh, who was the PR for the ABA, recalling uh, his moment when they kind of decided, hey, this this dunk contest thing might be a, a decent idea. So. Um, 
Here's a quote. He said, we actually got the idea from Julius Irving in a roundabout way. We had a guy named Jim Keeler, who was the uh, who was African-American who handled business affairs for the league. Julius used to kid him all the time, saying, I bet you're the only black guy involved in the ABA who can't dunk. And he says, and it kind of came in a sort of, <laughs> it kind of came of in sort of, the quote's kind of weird, but basically that, that was like, they kind of had the idea of like, you know what? Yeah. A lot of these guys can dunk. Like, why don't we do this? Like we can maybe do this thing. Like there, of course, you know, knowing the ABA and we, we've talked about it many times during the series, anything they could do to get extra attention on the league, anything different than the NBA, anything that could really just stand out. They were all for, so they're having this all-star game and had this idea. Hey, let's, let's do a dunk contest. Why not? Uh, the lineup was artist Gilmore, Larry Keenan, George Gervin, David Thompson, and Julius Irving. Uh, each man was instructed to do five dunks in two minutes minutes one under the rim one from the bottom free throw circle and three freelance approaches from the left right and baseline i, li- I like these ideas they should do this again yeah yeah i mean i like, I like kind of restricting it in a, in a minor way you know not you know not maybe doing the the dunk wheel does not need to come back but i like the idea of of sort of restricting a little bit of you know under the rim you know because then you get a little bit more flair there which is kind of cool yeah i i the uh the 76 dunk kind of actually holds up pretty well as just kind of a fun little thing to watch there, there's a um i mean i'm pretty sure it's on youtube it's definitely on uh, available on you know NBA League Pass in the you know the archived games section you know it's it's available there at least it was up until recently so um, worth checking out if you haven't it, it you know the, the dunks are obviously you know uh, you know they're forty year old dunks so uh, some of them are still impressive some of them are no are some are really basic. good yeah, yeah I'm gonna talk about a few here in a little bit but yeah, yeah I was kind of shocked when I went back and rewatched it like the ones under the rim suck like you see a highlight video and you see like the guy under the rim like putting down a dunk because I didn't know that those were part of the rules so every time I see this you always see like David Thompson like just rising up from under the rim and dunking you're like oh come on like that's not really much but that was part of the rules and then you see what they went with the finals and and we'll talk about that in a little bit it, it's just it, they really do hold up pretty well. Uh, the final two, David Thompson and Julius Irving. Uh, Thompson saved his best for last, hitting a baseline 360 dunk, which actually does hold up remarkably well, yeah. that dunk. It's very good, especially for a man his size and, and the way he was able to kind of do it. So people are, are rooting nuts. Okay, Thompson locked it up. Baseline 360, you can't top that. What are you going to do? Uh, little did he or the rest of the world know that Dr. J had something in store. And, of course, Dr. J hit his free throw line dunk and won. So yes. that's which also holds up remarkably well. I, I, I like the uh, story about him and Doug Moe betting about whether he could actually do the dunk. And then um, you can see Doug Moe in the video uh, pointing to the spot on the uh, free throw line <laughs> because, you know, his toe is slightly over the free throw line. So, you know, he, he, he points at it. It's like, oh, he was over the line. It doesn't count. You know, I'm not paying. I'm not yeah, paying. I mean, they, yeah, they made a side bid on everything. So um, that's that's a great obviously, you know, the dunk contest is one of the the things that the ABA is best known for, even though it only happened in the last year of the league, the, the year, honestly, the league was not in good shape at that point. Um, you know, a bunch of teams had, uh, had been contracted and it you know, the all-star game was, you know, the, uh, the Denver nuggets were one team versus, you know, the, the best collection of uh, ABA players and the other team. So, uh, cause the nuggets were in first place and they were in Denver. They, they kind of lucked into that. So, um, you know, it, it was sort of a nice moment for, um, you know, what were the, the dark days of the league. Yeah, and, and there's also stories as well that that lineup was basically just guys that were good dunkers that were also on all-star teams. Like, I didn't want to fly anybody else in, like, right. new, so it was yeah. kind of like, all right, who's here? Who wants to dunk? All right, you guys get out there. Like, it wasn't, like, a carefully planned list of, like, the best of the best. I mean, they did a very good job picking guys, but it wasn't like they had, okay, who are the best dunkers? It was basically, who are the best dunkers of guys that are already here in Denver that we don't have to fly in? So that was... Uh, 
definitely a part that they uh, were interested in doing. And uh, interestingly enough, 1976-77, uh, there is a lost NBA dunk contest. Uh, there's some great details in truthaboutit.com, which is a Washington Wizards uh, True Hoop blog. Uh, but really, the details are sketchy. It was apparently won by uh, our good friend Dr. Dunk, Daryl Hillman. Uh, but the information is severely lacking. Uh, the hope was uh, from the NBA to capitalize on the popularity of the uh, ABA's dunk contest in their final uh, All-Star game, as you just mentioned. Uh, so the NBA launched an aggressive slam dunk event of its own in 1976-77, uh, the first after the merger. Each team, yes, each team had one representative and player that would be paired for dunk-offs uh, when their teams met during the regular season. The big names of the era were involved, including Julius Irving, George Gervin, David Thompson. So just to get you an idea, each team had one representative and players would be paired for dunk-offs when their teams met during the regular season. So this isn't like, this is, you know, constant dunk contest going on all the time. So uh, just a really interesting thing. Um, uh, the big names, of course, as I mentioned, uh, Julius Irving, George Gervin, Dave Thompson, who were given the opportunity to be eliminated three times by the network. Uh, so they uh, only had, they had to be defeated three times. Everybody else was out of there right away. Uh, but the network CBS was anxious for star power, so that was okay. Uh, after the third elimination, Thompson was finally dropped from the bracket. Uh, the list of participants is very hard to find. The uh, APBR.org forums, uh, they were able to kind of get some lists, but it, it, it's not corroborated. It's hard to know. Exactly. But, you know, of course, there's, you know, tons of participants. You have Joe Merriweather from the Atlanta Hawks. The Chicago Bulls had Mickey Johnson, Denver Nuggets, David Thompson, Detroit Pistons, ML Carr, Warriors, Larry McNeil, Indiana Pacers, uh, Darnell Hillman, uh, Kansas City Kings, Richard Washington, Los Angeles Lakers, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, which has got to be hilarious to see. I can't imagine he was very uh, on board for doing a dunk contest uh, in his free time. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks, Alex English, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, Daryl Dawkins, Phoenix Suns, Ronnie Lee, Portland Trailblazers, Moses Malone, Washington, uh, Washington Bullets, Elvin Hayes, and San Antonio Spurs, uh, George Gervin. According to reports, Hillman beat Moses Malone and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on his way to the title round. Uh, he faced Golden State Warriors' uh, Larry the Hawk McNeil in a dunk-off during the NBA Finals, with Hillman winning thanks in large part to his signature Rock the Cradle slam. Uh, the contest was met with lukewarm response and was shelved, and the NBA did not revisit the dunk contest until 1984. So... Kept it in the back burner for a while. But, uh, yeah, just a really interesting uh, story of kind of the NBA saying, hey, we can get in on this. And it just it, it did not work. And that's just way too much dunking. <laughs> and nobody needs that. That's just obnoxious to have it on in the halftime of every game or or I don't, they didn't even specify it was halftime or before the I don't know when they had it. But, yeah, it was every time that those teams face off in the regular season was just far, far too many times. So, yeah, I, I, I think you could kind of make something interesting if you had like like a limited tournament type thing, um, you know, in, in sort of accompany it with a few games. But, yeah, you that does sound a little bit cumbersome and extensive. And, and obviously the you know, once they revive the the format 84 that obviously has worked for you know pretty well for you know 30 plus years so mm -hmm. and you have to remember the nba at this time too is still kind of the the aba is the flashy dynamic league and the nba is kind of the stuffy one or whatever so i'm sure you know having a dunk contest at halftime wasn't necessarily the thing that every nba fan was really on board with or uh, nba coach or any of that sort of stuff right yeah as well so yeah i'm sure it was in if, if nothing else just sort of awkward for the nba that with stuffy image to be getting into this if nothing you know if uh <laughs> <laughs> if nothing else so um obviously they would sort of more openly embrace the aba's past legacy in future years but uh at this point uh less so, so. <laughs> absolutely so yeah a lot of a lot of just great dunkers but yeah there, there's it, it, it's a lot of history of guys that, that dunk. it's really hard to kind of come up with the one i mean dr j is the one that everybody sort of brings up but at least we wanted to mention a few other guys uh that had a part as well but of course i, I don't even know did we did i actually forget to mention dr j at some point but <laughs> i think i might have but yes you are aware that dr j also was good at dunking. Uh, yeah so. we're, we're gonna have more on dr j's dunking in a, in a future episode so we'll right we'll, so. we'll save that for <laughs> that you know but uh but also a breaking news that uh dr j good at dunking and 
kind of a revolution to the dunk game so the the dunk shot game but yeah yeah there was a few other guys that definitely played a huge part in it as well but uh yeah cool well uh thanks everyone for checking us out you can find us at harborparoxysm.com uh we are on itunes and stitcher and pretty much anywhere where you want to listen to your podcast you can find us uh if you would leave us a rating and review um when you do that would be awesome we uh we, we like those and uh we find us on facebook and twitter at over and back nba so thanks for listening and we'll be back again soon This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.